Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Never underestimate what God can do through us. These disciples initially didn't get that they were going to be taking the place of Jesus. Many Christ followers today don't understand that. No, you're Jesus here on the earth. We're not Jesus, but we're Jesus. Peter and John are in their interaction with the religious people, and they give the most important compliment you could ever have. The religious leaders look at John and they say this privately to themselves. They've been with Jesus. What demonstrates your love for God most powerfully? Do you truly know God? John is concerned about believers' assurance in Christ and their relationship with God. And he asks these questions in our passage today. How may we be certain that we know God the Father? Knowing Him includes more than believing facts about Him. We show that we love and know Him by loving others and keeping His commandments. Jesus invites us to walk with Him through life to live as he lived, to do what he did, and to love as he loved. We're not Christians if we're unwilling to walk like Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, for part one of our message entitled, Walk with Jesus and expect the unexpected. How many of you believe, honestly believe, that God speaks to us today? Could I see your hand? Okay. This morning is an unusual teaching because it comes from God speaking to me. And you're going to hear today at all of our campuses a picture of your spiritual future. What God has in store for you. Every one of you that calls CCM your home, God's going to speak. You'll understand a little bit of it. It's amazing to have a God that knows our future, isn't it? How many of you have ever got on a camel and rode a camel? Can I see your hand? Well, most of them been to Israel, that's why. See, you only go to Israel to ride a camel. That's not not really. Now, where do you find most camels? Would, Would they be at the beach? No, probably not. You're going to find most camels where? In the desert, someone saw it. Does this look like ridiculous or what? Here's a camel that's getting ready. He's going to go for a bull ride. Well, what's it say on top of that? Say it with me. Expect the unexpected. Say it with me again. Expect the unexpected. That's what's going to happen this morning. You see, in our life, God loves to bring new things in. And you're going to hear that this morning. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 6. But if anyone obeys the word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him, whoever claims to be a Christian, must walk 
as Jesus walked. What does it mean to walk like Jesus? Take a note of this. Whenever you see the word walk, in the New Testament especially, it simply means this. It it means our lifestyle. It's it's a daily lifestyle. But notice this lifestyle is not just about our conduct, how we do things, but it's about our attitude. Now, of all people, John knew what he was talking about when he says, you must walk, you you, you must... Conduct yourself and do things that Jesus did and also do it with an attitude that Jesus had. Now, how did he know this? Because he and 11 other disciples walked with Jesus for every, for three years. I mean, every single morning they followed. They observed. They watched Jesus' lifestyle. Every day when they got up, they knew it was going to be different. It wasn't the routine. It was unexpected events, divine appointments. They were used to that. Now, how did it start? How did this amazing life of following Jesus start? Well, it pretty much starts the same way it does for all of us. Turn with your Bible now to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, go down to verse 17. You'll see where that is. Mark chapter 1, Matthew, Mark chapter 1. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. In this particular case, he saw four fishermen, and he says this. Come, follow me. Come, walk with me. And I will make you like me. Come walk with me and I will make you like me. You will become fishers of men. Now it's very interesting that Jesus doesn't say to these fishermen, Hey, hey, come follow me, but first I'm going to enter you into rabbinical school. You need some serious education about the Bible. He also doesn't say to them, Well, I want you to follow me for a week. I'm going to give you some moral commandments and then you're on your own. No, Jesus says this, follow me. You watch my life, my conduct, how I live, how I relate to people, religious and unreligious, how I relate to God, how I relate to everyday life. And as you're watching me, simply imitate that lifestyle. Here's the second thing I want you to write. What Jesus was saying to these disciples, he still says to you and me. If I'm going to walk with Jesus, I daily follow him and imitate his example in action and, of course, in attitude, in conduct and in attitude. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Mark, that was easy for the 12 disciples to do. They walked with him. How do we do that today? Well, the whole Bible is really from Genesis to Revelation is a picture of Jesus. But if you want to get really detailed, you can just maybe... Over the next few months, just read consecutively. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's how Jesus walked. And you will catch all the kind of special privileges that opened your eyes to how Jesus simply did life. Now, those 11 words that we just read from Jesus changed millions of people's lives. Still changing our lives today. That transformation is still God's goal for every single one of us. To walk with Him, to imitate His lifestyle, actually to become like Him. That's what a Christ follower is. Now, as these disciples followed Jesus for those three years, they learned a key. And I want you to understand this key this morning. Here it is. Never underestimate what God can do through us. These disciples initially didn't get 
that they were going to be taking the place of Jesus. Many Christ followers today don't understand that. No, you're Jesus here on the earth. We're not Jesus, but we're Jesus. Peter and John uh, are in an interaction with the religious people, and they give the most important compliment you could ever have. The religious leaders look at John, and they say this privately to themselves. They've been with Jesus. That's a great thing. See, that's where we're supposed to go. If you're going to follow Jesus, you can learn to expect the unexpected. That's who he is. There's a word that we use some, not too much, the definition of insanity. Some of you know what that is. Here's the definition of insanity. Doing the same things you've always done, but expecting a different result. Well, I'm going to change in my life. How's that going to work? Well, I'm going to do the same things I've been doing for 42 years. Really? You're insane. <laughs> so that means there's going to be change coming. You, you can't do the same thing and expect it to be different. Are you kidding? By the way, we're creatures of habit. Get ready. Get ready for what I'm going to teach you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah, Old Testament. You'll see where it is in a moment. Isaiah chapter 54. There it is. About halfway through the Old Testament. How many of you started coming to church after 2005? After 2005, you started coming to church. Let me see your hands. Okay. Terrific. More than half of you. So what I'm going to read to you this morning, we'll see that. God gave to me one morning in 2005 as a, as a prophecy for our church in 2005. Now, just remember, as I start this, you weren't part of us. This is who we were. We were just a campus in Melbourne. So I want to watch you. I want, I'm going to go through this prophecy that God gave us eight years ago. Now, let me give you the, the historical background spiritually. God was speaking in this chapter to the nation of Israel. They'd kind of fallen away from God. And, and there's a term you begin ver- reading verse 1 and 2. They're kind of spiritually barren. Now, in those days, people lived in tents. You put the tent peg down, the ropes, and you're going to see this morning that God says in this to them spiritually, now get ready to enlarge your tent because you're not going to be barren anymore. I'm going to bring many more people into your influence. Many more people. He was talking about spiritual growth. And you're going to spread out to the north and the south and the east and the west. So God gave us this exact prophecy for our church in 2005. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Now lengthen your cords and strengthen your stake. So if our tent was going to get bigger because God was going to send more people, then you would have to get the sides ready and you'd have to take the ropes and extend the ropes, stretching. And then if, if the tent's going to be bigger, you better make sure the stakes are down deep. So you pull up the stakes and, and put them in a new place and really put them down deep. Because God says, I'm going to send more people to you. Now look at verse 3. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, your children are going to be impacted by this. And they will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate city. And look at the first part of 54, verse 4. Do not be afraid. These verses show the idea of expansion. As God gave this to us eight years ago, God was saying to us two specific things. 
And he told us this eight years ago, and I want you to write it down this morning. God was saying, if you obey me, there's going to be increased spiritual width. Your influence. Now remember, this is not about Calvary Chapel. This is about the influence of God. It's not about a man. It's not about a group of people. It's not about you. Initially, it's about God. There's going to be increased spiritual width. Your influence in the world. He was saying to the Jewish people, you're going to have great influence. But second, there's going to be increased spiritual depth. You're going to mature. So back in 2005, God was challenging our thinking about CCM's future. He was going to grow us numerically. He was going to grow us spiritually. We would eventually change Brevard County as we know it and other counties, parts of Florida and around the world. Well, here we are eight years later. I want to give you this morning a little summary of what God has done over these last eight years. He fulfilled this promise to us, not for our glory, but for his. Now, let me just, for some of you who haven't been here. For all of us, it's good just to reflect. We, over these last eight years, we've grown numerically. We've grown in our spiritual maturity. We've expanded to healthy growing campuses in Vieira, Sebastian, and now at the Brevard Work Camp. You guys that are watching us this morning on uh, the internet, you're at the campuses. You weren't here eight years ago. You weren't even there. We had no idea you'd ever be there. We just knew God was going to expand us. We didn't even know what that meant wasn't even in our mind. Who had ever heard of a video campus? Number two, since that time, at all of our campuses now, we have thousands of volunteers. Wonderful school of ministry that we started. Already graduated so many young men that are working here and around the world. We've expanded our radio and internet influence around the world. Roku units, we never heard of a Roku unit. And all of you that are watching us around the world this morning and during the week. Number three, we've seen an amazing increase in small groups. 700 of you at our campuses are involved with global, global media outreach, GMO. And every morning, you're getting an email from someone in a, all over the world. Every day, it's a different place. And you're taking a few minutes. They just say, I just received Jesus Christ for the first time. Or I think I've fallen away from God. Can somebody restore me? Or I'm having trouble with my marriage. And 700 of you, basically every morning, are online and you're sharing that with those people. We never heard of GMO eight years ago because it hadn't existed. We've sent out since then many missionaries from this church around the world. We've watched our short-term mission trips become even more involved, not just spiritual and the power of God, but now we have so many medical mission teams that are working with both aspects. And of course, even though all of us are still a work in progress, could I hear an amen? And there's no sinless people at any of our campuses, but we're learning to sin. Yeah, good job. But we are becoming more like Jesus. So he said we'd be more mature. All of us has done that. So God is honored. Let me say this to you. God has honored your faithfulness. I thank you so much. And increase your spiritual influence all over the places where our campuses are. Just recently, in the last year and a half, God's opened two other special doors. Number one, take a look at this on the overhead. God sent Dr. James O. Davis and his family to become part of our campus in Vieira. I never even knew of James. He's the co-founder of the Billion Soul Network. He and Bill Bright of Campus Crusade, you've heard of that. And it's this worldwide agency And one of the things they have is what you see there. It's called the the Church 
Learning Center. And there's 40 interactive curriculum trainings by all kinds of Christian leaders. And these courses are being developed so that there will be about 50 hubs in 50 cities in the world. Hardly any in America. The rest of the world. Where pastors who have very little training, very little opportunity, basically no opportunity, obviously go to any kind of Bible school, they can come for two or three weeks a year, different times, with another group of whatever the size of the campus is, and learn these amazing principles of how to teach the Word of God. And notice the courses that are there. Leadership, visionary, networking, evangelism, disciple, church planning, global missions. Just on a Wednesday night, I finished... A teaching. Hundreds of thousands of pastors are going to listen to the five core commitments that we have, our five C's. How many of you have read uh, the book on our five C's? Let me see your hand. Okay, tons of you have not. On your campuses, go buy the book. I don't know, what is it, eight or nine bucks or whatever goes to mission? Doesn't go to me. Go buy the book. Read who we are. Because this is going to go around the world. We're part of that. How did that happen? I never knew James O. Davis. But we're now very actively involved with him, and we'll do more and more and more and more. Now, one more thing I want you to see. During that time, James Davis introduced me to Jamie Hudson Taylor IV, his great-grandfather, first missionary to China. By the way, the five C's, you know where the five C book is right now? It's being translated into Mandarin and pretty soon expanded all over China. Do you, do you see the influence? Well, one of those courses that I just showed you is written by the premier professor, Dr. Howard Hendricks, who just passed away from Dallas Theological Center. How to study the Bible. I mean, there's nobody better. But I want you to see what's now happened. It's already translated into Arabic. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's like for Muslims. Ah, uh, yes. Very astute. Thank you very much. Well, does God love the two million Muslims that are in the world? Hello. I'll share with you in a moment. The meeting that Linda and I were in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, there was a pastor of a huge evangelical church in Cairo, Egypt. Hundreds of Muslims are walking into the service like this and getting saved. You will never hear that on the news. But God's at work. Now, there's one more. It's called the Global Kingdom Partnership Network. I never heard of it in my life. When I first got the, the, the email and letter and whatever, I just threw it away. Because I don't know a guy. I don't, he, they invited me to a, Linda and I to a meeting in Dallas. I don't have time to go to Dallas. I'm not really interested. Well, as I began thinking about it, I saw in there there was one Calvary Chapel guy. I don't know him. So I called him and asked him about it. Well, he gave me a little more and I went, well, maybe God's trying to say something here. So I called my secretary and says, do you still have the email, the one I trashed? She says, oh, I do. She's a great secretary. So I pulled it out, and I called the, the guy, Ellie Dantis, is the head of it. And it's an organization that was established three or four years ago. They meet once a year for four days, and it's mega church pastors from around the world. They meet to encourage pastors, build them up, and network them with other pastors so that they can learn how to be more effective in their churches and ministering around the world. Well, as I begin to think about it, when we went... It was pretty humbling, actually, because there's only 70 megachurch pastors they're inviting, and 100, they're capping it. And I'm thinking, I don't know you. I don't know why you sent me the letter. I have no idea anything about this organization. 
As I was there at the meeting with Linda, we felt led to go. I'm so glad we did. While they're there, I'm rubbing elbows with pastors. We have 150 to 200,000 people in the church. Next year, it's in Guatemala. I talked to the pastor. I said, wow, we, we do some work in Guatemala. He says, oh, you'll come. You love the church. God's doing great things. I said, well, you have a big church? He said, well, it's, it's okay. 50,000. <laughs> Every week, 50,000. Well, anyway, I'm sitting talking to this lady. And I'm talking to another guy over here. And I'm hearing about many churches, many churches. They, they have five, six, seven thousand people in small groups. I'm talking to some other people, and they said, we've just exceeded 400 church plants. 400? We've, we've done two. <laughs> so you understand what I'm doing while I'm there. So I'm listening to this lady, and she says, in Brazil, I think it was, I'm over this group of children in small groups. Children. Five to 12. Children in small groups. They have Lessons that they learn. They meet in homes. She said, it's in lots of cities. I said, well, how many children do you have that you're over in this? 50,000 children. And the children, six and seven, are inviting their neighbor friends in, and their neighbor children are getting saved. Are you kidding me? So it just blew my mind. Now I kind of knew why God had us there. To just begin to stimulate my mind and humble me and whatever. So we were so blessed. We were at Gateway Church in in Dallas, which hosted the event. But I want to share with you this morning one special thing that God did while we were there. On the last evening, we were at tables of eight or ten so you could interact. And then every time you went back to a meeting, they changed your table. So you had to meet new people, which was really good. Well, they said, I want you, men, I want you to stand with another pastor. There's about 70 pastors there from around the world. And then uh, I want you, your pastor's wives, I want you to meet with the pastor's wife and pray for her. So we just prayed for a couple minutes. My wife's praying for a lady, and I'm praying over this guy named Victor. Victor's from Africa. Big church in Africa. Never met Victor in my life. He doesn't know who I am. The only reason I know is Victor, because that was his name tag, Victor. He doesn't know me at all. I pray over him. And as I finish praying, here's his prayer to me. Now remember, I don't know the guy. He doesn't know me. I'm not sure to this day still how I got to the meeting. I finally asked the leader, I said, how do people get to this meeting? He says, well, someone actually invites you and recommends that you come. I said, I don't know any of these people. Who would have invited me? Who do you think invited me? That's amazing, isn't it? He began praying like this. Now, God, would you continue to bless Mark and his church? Now, God, would you continue to strengthen their stakes and lengthen their cords? Are you ready for a walk with Jesus? Jesus tells us in Mark 1.17 to come and follow him, and he will make us fishers of men. What does this mean? Pastor Mark showed us that it isn't just waking up and saying, I'm going to walk with Jesus today. No, it's more than that. Jesus wants us to change our lifestyle. He wants us to follow Him by imitating Him, following His example. We shouldn't underestimate what He will do through us. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we get ready to be enlarged, stretched, lengthened, and be strengthened. Sounds painful. Actually, it might be, but it will also be very exciting. Pastor Mark will challenge us to reach outside of our comfort zone and be willing to be used by God in whatever He calls us to do. Are you ready to embark on an exciting adventure no matter where it may lead you? Pastor Mark will tell us some ways we can be used by God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons